the Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network presents Worldview Media Podcast, where Gordon and Joyce Runyon view popular media through the lens of the biblical five-point covenant model to help believers appreciate and apply principles of exciting narrative and engaging storytelling. Hello, coming to you live in front of a studio audience. <laughs> it's the Worldview Media Podcast. We don't have a laugh track, though. <laughs> <laughs> and with me on set today is my middle daughter, Jordan, who has never had madcap adventures because of a simple misunderstanding. That's true. <laughs> How was your day of the day, Jordan? Uh, my day was was pretty good, kind of slow. Like all of them? <laughs> Only during the summer. <laughs> all right. So we're here today. Mama Joyce is uh, traveling yep. for work. All right. So what are we talking about? We are talking about <laughs> comedies. Yeah. TV series that are comedies. Sitcoms. Sitcoms. The Situation Comedy. That's a clever mnemonic. Did you come up with that? No, that's what that is. That's an old-timey that's what thing. What is. That's the name of the genre of, of movie type of thing. TV show. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they're called. Yeah, well, you're the one with college education. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. All right. So we're talking about situation comedies, and what we're thinking about doing is have each one of us come up with one or two that we have really enjoyed in our lives. Yeah. I think out of all the family, you and I have typically enjoyed comedies more than everybody else. That's probably true. That's probably right. And the thing that makes it easy for me is I'm a cheap laugh. (laughs) Yeah. A goofy look or... Yeah. A stupid voice or... (laughs) Yeah, I'm in the same way. (laughs) Right. And uh, Mama Joyce is flabbergasted at how we can enjoy some of the things we do. Yeah. Like Nacho Libre and... Uh, Yeah. Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, boy. So our taste in sitcoms is probably of a similar nature. Well, I mean, what do you mean? (laughs) Just not very highbrow. Okay, sure. We're not watching real clever sitcoms most of the time. Oh, you know what? I didn't even think of the British ones. I'm going to go with one of the British ones. Oh, yeah, those are good. Okay. Those are fun. Glad you reminded me of that. How did you even remind me? I don't know. Uh, That's weird. (laughs) You'll have to go back and and see what the subliminal messages were. Watch the tape again. (laughs) All right, so what we want to do, Jordan, name for me a comedy that you have enjoyed in your lifetime. Okay, well, I... uh, A sitcom, not a Not like a movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was thinking about that old show, um, Third Rock from the Sun with John Lithgow and you know all those others and stuff 
And Newman from Seinfeld. Newman from Seinfeld, <laughs> who makes an appearance for quite a few episodes towards the middle right. and end and stuff. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, that oh, kid. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's where he got his big break. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, so, for our listeners who are too highbrow to watch such things, <laughs> explain the premise um, of Third Rock from okay. the Sun. So, it's, uh, it's probably like the mid-90s, right? And, uh, yeah, I guess so. And these, this like band of aliens comes and lands on Earth disguised as a human family to try and study what it means to be a human and stuff. They're figuring out Earthlings and all this stuff, but they right. have to keep it a secret from everybody around them in this little small uh, town in Wisconsin. I think it's Wisconsin. Ohio. Ohio. Oh, okay. They're in Ohio. And uh, and they, one of the things they do is they want to be as inconspicuous as possible. Yeah, they're trying to blend in. So they try to adopt like the most common names. Yeah. And so it's, it's, what is it? Tom, Dick, Harry, and Sally. Sally. Yeah. 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 Okay. So so they, uh, <laughs> it's just hilarity ensues <laughs> as they try to you know go about just regular human life learning new weird things about right. society and culture and stuff. Okay, so if you had to narrow it down to a few things about Third Rock from the Sun that you have... I mean, what is it about it that you like? What makes it funny? I think the big major thing is just the, the main core characters. Yeah. The way that they are so ridiculous. Yeah. And it's like they're not... Uh, they're never ashamed of how ridiculous they are either, you know? <laughs> they just go for it all the way. Whatever this thing is, that's what they're doing. And, and you know, right. there's like, with no inhibitions or anything, and they just... Because they don't know anybody. Because they don't know. They're just going yeah. for it. And and there's always sort of this sense of, like, that whole dramatic irony thing where you, as the audience member, know and understand more than the yeah. character does and right. stuff. So, uh... I think I think the main thing is is just how how ridiculous the the main cast can be, and and the they are ridiculous, and as I'm thinking about it, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that the the trope is that because they're ridiculous and they're alien, they're able to stumble through a lot of ridiculous human uh, like. Uh, idioms and oh yeah you know we have dumb ways of doing things as a society yeah and, weird stuff that uh, you we know just we accept. accept a certain amount of like white lies uh-huh. and, and in fact our culture will be very upset if you don't lie <laughs> at the appropriate time uh-huh. and, and so these aliens come along and they don't know any of that yeah and uh and so i almost feel like part of the genius of the show then is since they're aliens, they can use them to really point out just stupid things that we have come to accept as just normal. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that's true. I also think it's funny. Uh, they'll end a lot of episodes with all of them out there on the roof sort of talking about what they've learned <laughs> Oh, what's the moral stuff, of the story? You know, and it's yeah. this really obvious pointing to that old sort of cliche thing you see timmy <laughs> yeah <laughs>
<laughs> where they're all out there and they're trying to like right. reflect on what's just happened to them and right. how did we grow and stuff and like half the time they've come up with some ridiculous they conclusion a, they take a hard left turn <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Where the scene is set and you know, here's the point in the sitcom where they're supposed to say, what did we learn? And, yeah. and here's a nice little moral lesson we can take from here. Uh-huh. But they never get it. Yeah. They always take the exact wrong <laughs> lesson or something from left field. Yeah. And, and they really feel like they're learning something. Yeah. Like they're really doing a good job and stuff. <laughs> right. Yeah. They're always proud of themselves for having come through this. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of the characters get by on uh, the comedy involved in things kind of being in the wrong place. I mean, like the boy, Tommy, yeah. he's actually the oldest of the aliens. Yeah, so he's but all acting all more right, mature so than everybody else. So to keep up the ruse, <laughs> he has to figure out how to act younger. Yeah. And uh, Sally, the girl, yeah, is the rough, tough security officer. Yeah, and so she has to she has to really man it up a lot of the time. You know? <laughs> yeah, and frankly, she's scary to all the men. And right? Stuff like yeah, because she on the inside is this male she's alien a, guy. She's a bad dude. Yeah. Yeah. Trapped in a like supermodel <laughs> body. <or something>. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or, right. Okay. Cool. So you'd give that one an A. Oh yeah, lots that's, of fun. That's really funny. I I laugh out loud at almost every episode, at least a couple of times. Right. The writing is good. It is funny. And it's I think funny another stuff. another bit of it that I have found really fun. Well, those core four. It's not just their characters, but. There's some really good comic acting. Oh going yeah, on there. some real physical John comedy. John Lithgow is and the voices. A, yeah, John Lithgow is a genius. That's he's underrated, I think. Oh, I think that's so true. And I kind of am sad. Like in recent years, the more I see him, he's doing like these dramatic Seriously, roles. Yeah, and I feel like right. he's just wasted on drama. <laughs> he is so funny in that. Just well, a lot of it is physical, like you said. Yeah, his expression. Yeah, and, crazy face or. Oh, man. And they have all these, like, recurring joke type of things yeah. where you sort of know that, oh, this is what this person's going to say in this situation. And they say it, and you still laugh, right. even though you you were expecting them to say that yeah. thing. Right. Well, <laughs> you ready to move on, or is there another one you wanted to point out? Uh, I could move on. Okay. Well, we don't have long before our first break. I wanted to mention one that you can still find on Netflix and and uh, if you have a PBS channel a lot of times they play it it's called uh, uh, Keeping Up Appearances oh yeah a British comedy and <laughs> and I can't even tell you why it works it's ridiculous it's so you, dumb you wouldn't think right it, on paper it shouldn't work right if you tried to take Keeping up appearances and pitch it to a network executive uh-huh. and explain why it's going to be funny. No way. You'd yeah. get shot down. Yeah. And the whole, the premise is that there's a elder, well, she's not quite elderly, just at retirement age. Yeah. Uh, hyacinth. Yeah. Uh, hyacinth. Uh, and she married a guy who's, whose last name is Bucket. Bucket, Yeah. 
and she hates that, and so she demands that everybody pronounce it bouquet, <laughs> and 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 that's just a joke. That's it's like you were talking about. Only they go over the edge. So there's only like ten jokes in the entire series. <laughs> Yeah. And every episode is just about setting up those jokes in a different way. Yeah. And every time they happen, they're funny. It's true. It's almost like it's almost like you start laughing seeing the joke coming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's going to happen and here it is and oh good, we can all laugh now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. Oh man. It's crazy. Yeah, and so the premise is that here's Hyacinth, and she's very pretentious, and and she's very middle class, but she aspires to be thought of by everybody as upper class, uh, and yeah, upper high crust, society, right? Yeah, and hence the name of the show. It's all about keeping up appearances, right? Only her appearances are completely false and fictional, mm -hmm. but she's deadly serious about them. Oh yeah, and. Uh, so that's where a lot of the comedy comes from there. And just what a domineering person she is. <laughs> yeah. And Everybody runs away scared when they hear she's coming and <laughs> right. stuff. And that series contains maybe a guy in my top three television characters, <laughs> which is uh, her brother-in-law, Onslow. Yeah. I had him, I had his picture as my Facebook profile for a yeah, little while. Yeah, I remember that. But... People actually thought that was me. <laughs> and I, I guess maybe that's vanity on my part. I, didn't, I was like, no, I'm ugly, but I, I ain't that ugly. <laughs> oh, man. So I had to change it, but it was pretty funny. Uh, that so, is funny. So it's a highly recommended one for me. And British humor is generally kind of dry. and Yeah. And... It's not so flashy as American Yeah, kind humor. of understated yeah. at times. They expect you to be smart enough to get the joke a lot of the time. Yeah. And I appreciate that. There are places where you can... I think modern comedies tend to hit a joke and hit it again and just make sure somebody explains it so you know why it's funny. Yeah, yeah. That irritates me. Yeah, that's annoying. Okay, so... I think if there was a moral that's being preached in keeping up appearances, I think it just is that that you have to find a way to be you have to find a way to be content with who and what you are. Yeah. And if you don't like that, then honestly go about changing it. It yeah. doesn't do any good to throw up these facades and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Cuz the the hand-painted china, you know, <laughs> it's just something you own. It's not Right, right. Yeah. And then the biblical model then is if you find yourself desiring to rise, the remedy for that is you need to become a servant. Those who serve lead. And in a biblical economy, which is the one that's actually in process in the world, <laughs> that's who it is. Those who are best at serving, those are the ones that God grants authority and but it's a funny series. Yeah, yeah, as it, it continues is. to point out the futility of <laughs> the world's way of climbing the ladder. Mm -hmm. Oh, and the other thing I like about it, this is one of the recurring jokes, Hyacinth. Hyacinth has a son who's oh, yeah. apparently Sheridan. pretty questionable. Uh -huh. 
and it was before the time when it was so PC as it is now. I think it was done in the 70s. Oh, yeah, probably so. And so they could, they got a lot of mileage on... <laughs> uh, <laughs> there was a show that used to talk about... One of their characters was the ambiguously gay duo. And, uh, <laughs> and, and this show makes a lot of mileage out of her son, who is... Maybe more than ambiguously gay. Yeah, yeah. But she doesn't know it. Yeah. She never gets it. And her husband overhearing the phone conversations. He's rolling his eyes. Right. He knows. Yeah, yeah. Uh, No, he's just a very sensitive boy. (laughs) (laughs) Backpacking with his best friend across Europe. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we've both got two more to talk about, and we'll do that right after our break. The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology. Our desire is not simply that you consume our shows, but that you also live out your faith in every area of life. We can talk all day long about these things, but if we fail to put them into practice... And we fail as ambassadors of Jesus Christ, our King. Subscribe now to your favorite Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network shows. Or you can subscribe to the Reconstructionist Radio Master Feed, where all of the content we produce, including the audiobooks and audio articles, will pop up as soon as they are available. And don't forget to visit ReconstructionistRadio.com to volunteer as a narrator or to partner with this ministry financially. May the Holy Spirit stir you into action for Christ and His kingdom. And thank you for that word from our sponsor, Post Toasties. (laughs) Wait, did we play the right... uh... Oh, did we hit the wrong button? I don't know. Oh, it's a comedic calamity. Darn. All right. So, Worldview Media Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Not all that funny, really. (laughs) Kind of a bore. (laughs) (laughs) We recommend listening with a glass of wine. Okay. Uh, You got another sitcom series to uh yeah highlight. actually and i probably wouldn't have been the first one to come to mind except that i recently finished watching it on netflix all the way through oh, wow. but i was thinking about uh about that 70s show that 70s show yeah all right what's the premise of that 70s show uh well it's the 70s in this little podunk kind of town this one is in wisconsin now, yeah now it's wisconsin now it's wisconsin uh, and it's just this group of like high school friends, and hilarity ensues <laughs> as they, uh, you know, date and and break up and get jobs and go to college and all the usual sort of teenage yeah teenage things. stupid stuff yeah yeah. Uh, so they are a group of colorful characters. Yeah, really. Now the main guy. Probably passes most of the time as the straight man. Yeah, I think uh, most of the time. I mean, he's a goof and and he does dumb things too. Yeah, yeah. uh, But he's the most like a regular person, 
out of all of them. Right. So here's Eric Foreman, played by Topher Grace. Uh-huh. Who was famously miscast as uh, the bad guy in that one Spider-Man. Yeah, in that third Spider-Man movie. Yeah, that's true. It's but he was for, he was so good in that 70s show. Yeah, but precisely because he's good in that 70s show. It's hard to go off and do like How can he be a supervillain? Yeah. He I mean, was he was so non-threatening. You, yeah, you see him and you just smile. <laughs> <laughs> he grows fangs and snarls and you're like And you're like, "Come on, four man." Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. He was a little pigeonholed. <laughs> You know, I think the move is, speaking about being pigeonholed, for all of our listeners who are, Feel that way? <laughs> well, for, for all of our listeners who are on the verge of a burgeoning acting career. Okay. And you're afraid to take a role because you're, you're afraid it might pigeonhole you. Mm-hmm. The move is to embrace that. And to sure. just go with it. Yeah. Uh, and... And if you can't do that, I I don't know that you're going to have much fun. That's right. Well, and if you're, if it's, Cause you it's got to be for a reason. Like you have right. to have a, you've got to be good at this thing. Sure. That's, that's what I'm saying. If, if you create a character that winds up enduring and everybody loves it or hates it mm-hmm. because you did it so well. Yeah. Don't fight that. Yeah. You just got to sell some more merch. And, and, yeah, uh, yeah. You think Tom Cruise hates being an action hero? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm thinking about, like, uh, William Shatner. Sure. Who, apparently, after he was done with Star Trek, he uh, kind of fumbled around for a while trying to get other roles uh-huh. and stuff and be taken seriously. <laughs> Yeah. As like a cop with a girdle and stuff. <laughs> and, uh, That's hard for anyone. <laughs> right. That, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a difficult road to hoe right there. <laughs> and on the other hand, you have Patrick Stewart, mm-hmm. who is also a beloved starship captain. Yeah. But he never acted like that upset him. And the roles that he took subsequent to being on Star Trek, you never got the feeling he was trying to break out. Right. And and when he had opportunities to play more goofy characters. Yeah. I I mean, the guy's a Shakespearean actor, probably one of the best actors that's been on TV. Yeah, he's a Sir Patrick Stewart, isn't he? Right. Yeah. and, And he's playing a Star Trek captain, and he's... And then after that, what's he do? He's a superhero. Yeah, I'll be Professor X in your dumb X-Men franchise. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And uh, I just get the feeling that he's more comfortable in his own skin. Yeah. And he's okay if the roles that he's most remembered for are kind of goofy. Yeah. And not terribly serious. Not high sort of culture stuff. But William Shatner was also Shakespearean trained as Mm. well before Star Trek. And I just kind of always got the vibe that he wanted to be taken more seriously. <laughs> I went to Juilliard. <laughs> <laughs> so just embrace it. Just embrace it. Like uh, Lou Ferrigno was the Hulk back oh, in the yeah. 70s. And, and and then he was okay with being Lou Ferrigno on The King of Queens. <laughs> yeah. 
where the whole joke was, you were the whole back in the Right. And he just embraced it. He was all right. And he was funny. Yeah. All right. What were we talking about? Comedies? Uh, <laughs> that 70s that show? That 70s show is what we were talking about. Okay. Is there any kind of basic underlying... Well, what are the reasons is funny to you? I think it's really funny. Well, the thing is, as I was watching it through, I was like, there's really no reason that this has to be set in the 70s. Like, it's just there because that's what it is. But this is like, you know somebody like this guy, (laughs) you know, and and you've you've met the couple who was just like this couple. And and it's like it's this it's way more relatable than uh, than like a show about a bunch of kids you know, 50, 40 years ago ought to, like, be, I feel like, you know, because it's, like, it's set there, but it was, it's so recent, actually, you know, that they're dealing with all this stuff that you're like, oh, yeah, I see that, that's, that's a regular thing, and I think that's pretty cool, because it's, like, everybody all the time was a teenager at one point, and that experience yeah, hasn't changed right. and stuff, you know. So I think that's cool. That's not super funny, but that's like an interesting thing. I think the way that uh, all the different characters, that core group of kids, they're all so different, but yeah. they're friends anyway. And yeah. and it's like those weird personality things, and you can tell when somebody's about to do something dumb. And, and Fez is hilarious. Yeah, right. I love Fez. And oh, man. It's got a lot of good stuff going for it, I think. Yeah, I think the writing was good. I think that was a good observation that though they build themselves as that 70s show, the 70s are really kind of an incidental backdrop. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, So is there a... Maybe you've already kind of hinted at it. Is Is there kind of a thematic thing going on? Is it just like angst-driven teenagers trying to figure out I think out it's a lot of that are. sort of thing, that kind of coming-of-age thing where it's like yeah. we meet them and they're getting close to finishing high school, which means you're getting close to having to make decisions about stuff and yeah. and what are you going to base your choices on? Like, am I going to go to college or should I stay here because my my boyfriend is here right. or, or like, should I marry this guy just because, like, he's here or, or do <laughs> I wait and try to go, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I think that whole sort of, uh, self-discovery and, and, uh, the growing up process is a big deal. This is probably the biggest sort of thing Is that, that why it's funny, you think, just because it's relatable and that most normal, sane human beings don't, <laughs> don't go through teenage years with a great deal of confidence and stuff. That's that's probably part of it. It does make it easy to like uh, be there with the characters because you're like, oh man, yeah. this is like this situation. Of course, it's ridiculous and stuff, but it's yeah. like you see how that you're like, oh man, what 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 would you do? Like that's a crazy <laughs> thing. Like I'm not sorry that you're the one dealing with it, pal. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think it is super relatable, and that probably does help the comedy, just because, like, you can see where you're, where they're coming from and stuff. There is an underlying thing that almost forms an arc. There are a couple of stories in that series that progress. Mm. It's not just episodic. Yeah. 
And one of the ones that I think is really kind of profound in the way they're able to do it at times is the relationship between Eric and Red. Oh, yeah. His dad. And yeah, for sure. So the this is a really a horrible father-son relationship oh, most of yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah. But they do have some really poignant moments, and mm-hmm. and, uh, and some of that is is really relatable and yeah. human. And you start to see that they really sort of understand each other. Yeah. You know, even though they're not going to say that or anything, and and I think you know maybe Red tells him that he loves him the one time before he like goes <laughs> off to Africa or something. Uh-huh. But it's like those moments are so much more important because of how ridiculous they are most of the time with each other right right and i think that's done pretty well most of the time Mm -hmm. i mean it is a comedy and and so it's ridiculous yeah it's amped up him always talking about putting his foot places (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's true creative ways Every time it comes up, man, it's something new. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Okay. Well, that's good. I enjoy that show when it's on as well. Uh, The other series that I thought is the one that was my favorite when I was a kid. This is from a time that you will not understand. Okay. Because there was no such thing as DVR, there was not even, there was not even at that time. There wasn't a way to like tape shows or anything. Oh yeah, that was an important episode on that '70s show when they were able to tape a <laughs> right. Johnny Carson or something. <laughs> right. Well, it was before that, and so if you had a favorite TV show, man, if you weren't there to watch it when it came on that time, yeah, it, who knows when you would see it. Yeah. You'd have to wait like a full year for it to be even eligible for rotation and syndication. And then yeah. who knows when you might see that. And anyway, this show I'm talking about is MASH. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I I really liked it when I was in grade school at the time. And I thought it was, I thought it was really funny. And uh, I guess for me, I think clearly the reason it's funny is because of the writing mm-hmm. mostly yeah and i think they they broke some ground in that for a while at least they let the the network let them get away with not having a laugh track oh interesting <laughs> yeah and so you didn't have people telling you see now this is funny and you, yeah, sh- you yeah. should be laughing now and so that made it a lot different than everything else. And, right. And then there were also whole episodes that weren't funny at all. In fact, they were kind of nightmarish. Right, because it's the war times. Right. And so that that made it really unique. And, and I feel like another reason why it's funny and pretty high quality is really Alan Alda. He, he's a... He's a whack nut as far as his politics and stuff. Oh, sure. But obviously a great writer. A lot of the lines were just really fast. They oh, were yeah, yeah. Like shot, shots fired back and forth. And <laughs> Real quippy. Right. It's almost like vaudeville at some at points, you know. Oh, okay. Where the lines were so fast shooting back and forth. And they were real funny. And he's a good actor and good writer. And... Uh, so it was easy to like that show. And then I guess if I had to come up with a message 
I'm sure that although this series was set in the Korean War, I think what they were doing is protesting Vietnam after sure. the fact. Right. And so, yeah, the setting is Korea, but they're really talking about right. something else. Yeah. And, and and it was very anti-war and stuff, and all that. You know, all, all that is good. Right. And war is horrible. And yeah. You shouldn't be doing it unless you absolutely have to. And, and uh, so a lot of that was was really good, and and maybe that's where I get some of my uh, disrespect for authority. Oh. <laughs> from I your formative years. Right, I shouldn't admit that openly. I'm already accused of that. <laughs> uh, so, to me, that was good, and it, it it really did kind of have a formative effect on me, which is a strange thing to say for a comedy. Yeah. But really funny. You can even go back now, and, you know, they do reruns, and if I catch part of a rerun now, yeah, it's still funny. You know, it held it holds up. Yeah, I think so. Some of it is cheesy, sure, but cheese is funny too. <laughs> and yeah. Did you have any? Uh, did you have any also rams? You almost thought about maybe I'll do. Oh, this like an honorable mention. Yeah, give me a couple of honorable mentions. I was thinking about uh, Parks and Recreation. Oh, okay. And uh, in a similar vein, The Office was one yeah, that I thought about. Right, right. I. I grouped those two together just because of that mockumentary format sure. thing that they have. But those are both real funny. Yeah, Michael Scott is one of the best characters ever on TV. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta funny, give you that one. Funny one. I think uh, even though they're so similar in format, they both have very different vibes, I think. Yeah. And I was talking to like friends about it a while back, and somebody mentioned that Parks and Rec just seems to be a lot more sort of colorful and like lively and stuff <laughs> and like that's true I guess yeah but then there's like in the office it can be a little bit more uh, dry yeah it's it's and I wonder if it's because of coming from the British version of the office oh, that is sort okay. of that offshoot thing right. that maybe that type of uh, was Ricky Gervais in the original he was he was yeah. the Michael Scott character in okay. the original one right. and uh, Martin Freeman was in it too he was the Jim who's Martin Freeman from like Sherlock and The Hobbit and stuff oh okay now I know who you're talking yeah, about yeah. alright alright well that's cool well, as, as you brought up, or as something you said made me think of British comedies, <laughs> there are a couple of others that we could recommend that we have really liked oh, when yeah. they've been on PBS. One is called uh, Have You Been Served? Oh, Are You Being Served? Are You Being Served? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a funny one. <laughs> and that's about a... A department store? Yeah, multi-floor department store in London. yeah. And that's really funny. Lots of zany characters. Real zany. <laughs> <laughs> and again, it was back during the time when you could make fun of gay people and everybody just laughed. And yeah. Just like, yeah, you can't be doing that now. Yeah, um, yeah. The tolerance police will <laughs> come smack you. Yeah, back in the good old days. <laughs> <laughs> right. And the other one was Hello, Hello. Oh, with the French. <laughs> right. Now, this was the one about... It followed a group of people who were in the French underground resistance yeah, during, during World War uh -huh. II, and one of the one of the most hilarious things <laughs> was they had a 
that like a British was he a spy or was he a downed pilot? He was like a British spy, I think. Or, well, they had the two British spies that they were keeping in the attic or something. Yeah. And then I think, I think he was a spy. Okay, so they have this British spy walking around, but he's trying to act like he's French. Uh huh. But his French accent <laughs> is is horrible. What's he do? He just. He thinks it's a French accent to just mispronounce vowels. Yeah. In, like, uh, He'll just say the wrong vowel and something. To say he's going to go to sleep and get 40 winks. <laughs> <laughs> what did he say? I'm going to go to sleep and get 40 farty wonks. <laughs> farty yeah. wonks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that was supposed to be a French accent. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> you see, we're kind of lowbrow. Uh, but the other one that I was going to mention was Frasier, which is kind of more highbrow. Oh, comedy, right. A little bit more sophisticated plots and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But they got kind of predictable or the same uh, just because they love doing these plots where one character is doing something over here and another character catches a little bit of what they said oh. but totally misunderstands. Right. And so this character that misunderstands thinks that the plot is about this other thing when it's really about this thing. Right. And then so you're running these two plots in parallel uh-huh. and the more it runs the more the misunderstanding character <laughs> is driven deeper and deeper into this hole of right. misunderstanding. Right. And it's clever. I right, mean, that's the classic can, sitcom type of thing, the misunderstanding. It, uh, right, I think there's a I think there's an actual term for that kind of plot, but I don't know what it is. Mm. Not having been to a physical college sure where they teach these things. <laughs> but it did get kind of predictable right. and old after a while. You're like, "Oh, not this again." Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. But they were most of the time pretty masterful at that, so that was funny. And then the other one, maybe my all-time favorite comedy is Seinfeld. Oh, yeah. I was wondering if you were going to mention. Oh, right. And there's not much message to that except right at the end. Oh, yeah, with all the crazy the, ending. Uh, all the four characters wind up going to jail. <laughs> yeah. And in an interview... Just sort of for being jerks. <laughs> in an interview, Jerry Seinfeld was explaining why they did that finale that way. Uh-huh. And he said it was the only way that justice could be done. Because if you, <laughs> if you go back through the series, all four of the main characters have just been terrible people. Right. Just super selfish and self-centered and domineering. Self-serving. And, right. and, yeah. And... Uh, just having no regard for anybody around them, no empathy. They're basically sociopaths. <laughs> yeah. And he said, uh, he just his conscious conscience bothered him, <laughs> thinking about ending it without seeing these characters get what they really deserve oh, by man. going to jail. So I thought that was an interesting uh, moral component too. Yeah, that's end. really something. <laughs> <laughs> but it was funny, and and uh, Jerry Seinfeld was a horrible actor. Oh, sure. But most of the time, he was kind of playing the straight man to uh, George Costanza and, <laughs> and Kenny or uh, Cosmo Kramer. Right. And, and Newman. 
and right in Newman, and so you have, but the specifically uh, Jason Alexander who played George Costanza, yeah, fantastic actor. Oh yeah, and the guy who played Kramer, what's it, Michael Richards? Oh, same sort of thing. Hilarious physical comedy a lot of the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just goofy as all get out. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, hipster doofus. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah. <laughs> and they were funny that way. So that was a honorable mention for me as well. Nice. All right. I'm thinking we should end this. Our studio audience is walking out. Oh, that's They've very turned rude. turned off our laugh track. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's time for us to get out of here the plot is resolved thanks for joining us on this edition of the worldview media podcast trying to help the creative people among you figure out how to how to deliver messages how to actually advocate for a christian worldview through even fiction creating stories and telling stories in a way that communicates a biblical worldview hope this has been helpful but if it's not don't say anything (laughs) (laughs) that would hurt our feelings (laughs) we're very (laughs) thin-skinned see you next time bye bye thank you for listening to the worldview media podcast please visit reconstructionistradio.com to check out the other podcasts in our network and to download our free audiobooks.